Hello and welcome back to Sex and Violence, your weekly punk rock movie podcast where the discussion is always on samurai swords, penises, bare naked breasts, dueling chainsaws. Anything to add? No? No. No, you don't care. I am one of your co-hosts, Ryan Snyder, and with me this week, the lovely Michelle Monaghan. Welcome back to the show. You're a three-peat. I know. Yeah, this is your third time on. You've joined the ranks of very few people who've gone this far. I feel honored. You should. You should. should I, I should get an award. And the Michelle Monaghan three-peat award. Yeah. Would that be like a stony? What's a stony? They're like for movies that they smoke a lot of weed in, I think. Don't quote me on it. I thought that was the pot smoking competition. You got a stony, like the best pot. I mean, it's something with movies. It's something with movies? Yeah, look it up. James Franco. Okay. He wins stonies. He wins stonies all the time. (laughs) All right, so this week we are discussing one of your favorite movies. Yes. This is one that we didn't even have to watch because it's on repeat all the goddamn time in this house for some reason. So this week... Hocus Pocus. Yes. Trailer. Jump back. Twist the bones and bend the back. Back in 1693, the people of Salem, Massachusetts. Witches! Yes? Thought they got rid of the Sanderson sisters for good. Uh, We shall be back. (laughs) 300 years later. It's Halloween Eve, and they're back. Uh-oh. We are home. Are you boys a little old to be trick-or-treating? We're talking about three-engine hags versus the 20th century. How bad can it be? Now they're digging up old friends. And running amok. Amok, amok, amok. Looking for the one thing they miss most. Who stay for supper? I'm not hungry. But we are. Only one boy has the power to stop them. Prepare to die again. You have no power to hear you. Before all Salem falls under their spell. Disney Pictures presents Bette Midler. Uh, hello. Sarah Jessica Parker. Would thou dance with me? And Kathy Najimi. Hocus Pocus. Into the night! They love to fly. And it shows. Good night. Sleep tight. No screaming. <laughs> Great trailer. It's a great trailer. It was a good trailer. Have you ever watched it? Nope. Because <laughs> I just know the movie. Yes. Yes. So give me a breakdown of this movie. Well, I don't want to spoil it for people. You are allowed. That's what this show's about. Oh, Spoiling okay. it. You're going to give me a breakdown, T to B? Okay. So it's about um, three witches, the Sanderson sisters. That Played looked- by... Um, Butt Midler. Butt Midler, yes. Um, Sarah, Sarah Jessica, Jessica Parker. Parker. And I forget her name, but I know she's the voice of Peggy Hill. Yeah. She's Hill. also really funny. I enjoy her. Yeah. Um, I just can't think of her name right now. She's more the comic relief of those three sisters. Yes. She's very much the comic relief. Because you have, like, your powerhouse. Butt Midler. Butt Midler. Then you got your, like, young, the sexy. sexual suit, one. The sexual one. And then you got the... Frumpy one that rides. She's not up. frumpy. She's a little frumpy. No, she's just like she's the comedic sister. Like she tries to, she has like a really important role I think in the movie because she kind of makes them, um, like she brings them down to earth a lot. Like Sarah Sarah Jessica Parker's character she's kind of flighty. is the yeah like like really flighty, really into boys, um, very sexualized, and then you have like the powerhouse sister who's like very much on a mission. And then you have her, who she Winifred, kind of just right? like, yes, who she kind of just. know all their just, names? Um, oh, apparently you don't like it that much. No, I love it. It is Winifred. They call her Winnie. Yeah. Um, Sarah mm-hmm. is the Sarah Jessica Parker. And, and we can't remember her name. <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't. Um, I'm going to look it up while you're talking. That's what we'll do. Okay. Or when we take a break. 
But so it follows these three sisters that are, it kind of opens to them wanting to be young and beautiful. So they collect Opens in the like 1700s. Yes. And they collect the children, essentially. And um, one of the brothers of one of the little girls tries to like save her. And they end up killing her and sucking her soul out of her body. So she dies. So it's very dark, actually. And so instead of killing him, they they put a spell on him and they turn him into a cat, Mm -hmm. Thackeray Banks. And he kind of follows them to make sure that that his parents kind of do what's right. And they end up hanging them in the gallows. But they cast a spell that states if if a virgin lights their black candle, they can come back to life for Hollow's Eve until they can gain the souls of children and live forever, essentially. Um... So a young boy moves into the Salem and he lights the black candle because he thinks it's funny. And um, they create this like extravagant adventure with these three witches where they're um, they're trying to find like their spell book that they have stolen. And um, they try to like start like bringing children to the Salem house so that they can suck their souls out of their bodies. And I mean, it's such... It sounds so awful, but I mean, I feel like it's said like it's become such like a family oriented movie. Yeah. Where like I found a black kitten um, that lives in our house right now, and her name is Banks. She is jet black, and I found her on Halloween, and like it has just such like a like a meaning towards it that like I named our cat after this movie, because um, it it just it's it's just phenomenal like the singing numbers in it like when they get all the parents to dance the night away um, i put a spell on you she gets up and sings it yes and or even like sarah jessica parker sarah the character sarah who went there she's luring the children it's one of my favorite songs and it's so like pedophile-y in a sense because it's like Come little children, children. I'll take thee away into the garden of magic. And like the way she sings it, she's like leaning over her broomstick and she's like playing with her chest essentially. Like she's like dancing very like seducively on this broomstick. And then you just see like all these kids coming. So it's really, I mean, that part. following a siren song. Yes. Yeah, very much so. And I mean, when you think about it, like, that's super fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> like, am I allowed to say fuck on this? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, super fucked up because, like, you have this, like, very sexualized individual who's sirens singing to these kids to bring them to her house where she can suck the soul out of them. Yeah. Like, that's... That's it's pretty fucked up. Yeah, yeah. But it's... I, I think it's a snapshot of, like, 1990s like Disney Channel horror movie kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It kind of has that vibe. I don't think there's anything in it that's like jump scare or anything crazy. Like I remember watching mm. this as like a little kid and like it wasn't like scary, but it was like what in your mind you're like, "Ooh, let's watch a scary movie." But even through the prism of like child's eyes, I can't remember a time being scared of this movie. Yeah, I mean, I when the zombie there's a zombie Billy. pirate, Billy, when he comes in, I think, like, you're supposed to be scared of him in those moments where, like, he's, he becomes, like, the conflict in those moments where they, the Sanderson sisters, like, sick him, they cast the spell that wakes Billy up, and, but, like, the turnaround is that he actually hates Winifred because, um... Winifred and him were uh, romantically linked and then he cheated on her with sister Sarah. So he like hates her um, in his own ways. So he ends up saving the kids. But I think when you're initially introduced to him, you're supposed to be scared of him. That he's like this zombie that's coming to take... um, I forget what her name is. Danny. Danny, yes. Coming to take Danny away. (laughs) And, And you get like a little... I mean, Danny is the virgin. His name is Max, his little sister. So, I mean, it follows a lot of, like, family origin to it as well. I feel like I'm confusing people when I'm trying to, like, tell this story. But it's – I just think it's such a good movie because it really shows, like, good versus evil. And, like, there's a lot about love. And 
I mean, young the, love. Young love, yes. Like Max falling in love with a girl at school, and um, her kind of becoming part of of everything in the story, and like Danny loving Thackeray Banks, mm-hmm. um, which I always cry at the end of that <laughs> when like they're finally like oh, think no, everything's Thackeray over. Banks and Emily walk off into the sunset. Well, yeah, and like you want Thackeray Banks because like, sunrise. It's the sunrise. Yep. So like they get it all situated and they think that they killed the Sanderson sisters and Thackeray Banks, like Danny's like telling Thackeray Banks that he's able, well, they call him Banks, that he's able to come home with her, that that is now his home. He doesn't have to be like this alley cat anymore that just like internally brooding and upset that he had like lost his sister. Um, and so she's like laying with him on her bed and he's kind of like snuggled up into her purring and she's talking about how like she's always going to take care of him and how he's going to be taken care of like by her children and they'll just like pass this like cat down through generations so that he always has someone who loves him. And then the Sanderson sisters are really not dead and it's like, oh, fuck this guy. Like we killed the cat and now he gets to leave with his sister and yeah. like be in internal rest. <laughs> but like you want him to like live that happy life because he lived yeah. centuries by himself and it was kind of like sad and depressing and then it's like he gets his happy ending. just kidding yeah. I know but I really wanted him to be like Danny's cat yeah <laughs> why do you think this movie has had the longevity and the the strong vocal fan base it has for so long because I think like people of our generation like these 90s kids who grew up with it like it's a movie that like uh, our generation takes like complete ownership over like anytime like October starts coming around like I hear every white girl on the planet wanting to watch fucking Hocus Pocus not to say it's a bad movie I like it too but like it seems like there's a really strong fan base for it I think because you can identify with something in it no matter what like you either identify with um like maybe you even identify with the Sanderson sisters where yeah, they just want to no 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 like they just want to live forever oh. like they just want to have internal like external beauty forever and live forever and they kind of use that as a way like witches and witchcraft mm-hmm. and stuff and then or like if you even individualize mm-hmm. each one you can find yourself in one of them you can find yourself in Max who just like wants to be accepted by this new town that he's moving into. Or by Danny, who always wants to follow her brother, or um, the girl, forget her name. Oh, I'm not gosh. helping you with this. Ooh, I forget her name <laughs> in it. Um, I think it's a, a effect of nostalgia culture. Yeah. An effect of like, there's like Stranger Things is like a callback to like 80s movies, and we just want to constantly be reminded of our happy childhood days. Oh, yeah, when things were just easier. So, like, and that was always something that I thought of in this movie is that they're in high school. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't, I mean, I guess there's, like, that tinge of, like, mischievousness when you're in high school. But, I mean, he's, like, taking her trick-or-treating and stuff in it. And, like, I just, like, that has a lot of nostalgia, I think, in it, too. Because when you're in high school, you're supposed to be a grown-up and you're supposed to, like, be starting to... Um, like get kind of your shit together yeah. a little bit. And this kind of takes it back where it's like, it's okay to believe in Halloween. It's okay to believe in witchcraft and magic. And if that's what you do, like kudos to whoever is like Wiccan or whatever. Like I, I, I mean, if that's the stuff that you believe in. And I think that this kind of brings that about because there's a lot of characters in the movie that are don't believe in it and then they end up being shown by the end of the movie that this is something that could be real yeah i mean there's not a lot of like parental interaction with these witches because they're all all the parents in town i guess decided to like leave their fucking kids at home alone and go to this no yeah they go to the party yeah and and then they stay they get a a spell cast on them that they're going to dance all night so all the children are unsupervised at that point um yeah, I think, oh, my God, and, like, his mom's dressed up like Madonna, and she has, like, yeah. the cones on her boobs, yeah. and I remember, like, thinking, like, my mom never dressed like Madonna, <laughs> um, but, yeah, it was fun. Yeah. I like it. Um, what else can we say about this? I mean, is there any other movies, like, in the 90s that, like, fall in this? Because you're a big fan of, like, movies from the 1990s. That's, mm-hmm. like, your decade of, like, pop yeah. culture. 
Are there other like Halloween esque movies that are Halloween alive? Town? Hundred percent. I knew that was gonna come up. Freaking love <laughs> Halloween Town. You want to send something to this house? We could not find Halloween Town one or two. <laughs> we can't. The friend of the show, Steve Boss, says that you uh, you like the pumpkin spice of horror movies. I do. Oh my god! If I could just like put it in my veins, I would. I, I love it. They're very like cheeky, fun like. It, it's Disney Channel movies uh-huh. essentially, and they're, I think they're more geared towards entertaining like a younger crowd as opposed to like that's what you were watching around Halloween and mm-hmm. like, me and my family were just you know ten years old watching The Exorcist and right. being crazy. Right. I can I can still connect with this movie. I mean, like I said, I enjoy it every time it's on, but you'd seem to get a different level of enjoyment out of it. Yeah, and I think that did call a, like kind of resonate with like Disney Channel because I remember this being on like the Disney Channel, um, the Thirty Days of Halloween that mm-hmm. they used to do. They played it twice every year, um, and then they would play the other ones like Halloween Town and Don't Look Under the Bed, Don't Look Under the Bed, uh, Goosebumps, um, Tales of the Crypt. Well, not Goosebumps. Goosebumps wasn't out yet. It was Tales of the Crypt. Um, Tales of the Crypt was on Disney Channel. Yeah, it's no. out now too. Yeah, no. Yeah, they play it on the Halloween. On the Halloween, yeah. What? What is it? Freefall? Isn't that there? Yeah, something now. It's different now. But like it's anything, it's not the that, Disney Channel. It's like an ABC Disney yeah. Channel. Like anything, really. I feel like Disney put out that was in the '90s that like resonated towards like a teen crowd. We just like ate up. Like I love Brink, and I loved. Um, Oh, like the surfer movies and... The, oh, Johnny Tsunami. Yeah, like stuff like that where the acting, you're just like, really? Like now as an adult, I watch it. And I'm yeah, like, you're like, oh, what was I doing? But, and I think that's where a movie like this is so different is because you grow up and you're like, oh, the acting in those other ones maybe isn't the best, but something like Hocus Pocus, like the acting is sound. Yeah, like they did a legitimate great job. actresses in this movie. They did. They, I mean, to have like, <laughs> Her, like the women that were just the Sanderson yeah. sisters, that's a huge thing for that movie. Um, because I mean, I don't think anybody else is very well known, and I don't think any of the other characters except for Danny really went on to do a lot of things other than the Sanderson sisters. No, like they were Thackeray the Banks went on to uh, NCIS. Oh, yeah, Thackeray Banks is, um, what's his face? Uh, McGee, yes. Which, there was, like, a funny Facebook meme where people were like, I just figured out that everything is Mickey. Yeah, that's that's a really bizarre thing to be in, like, this, like, powerhouse movie from, like, I think it was 93, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. And, like, his career trajectory takes him to, like, one of the most watched uh, shows on television. Yeah. Where he's the, um, he's one of the detectives. Yeah, he, he kind of plays a straight man to, um, Dinozo, is that yep. his name? Mm-hmm. Yeah, as opposed to Dinozo being like your kind of, you know, wild gun. He's more the prim, proper, straight tie kind of guy. Right. And, and that's where <laughs> it, I mean, people, I, like, it was just so funny for people to, <laughs> I I was like sitting there and someone, a friend of mine texted me like, did you realize that that creepy is thinking I'm like, uh. Yes. Yeah. yeah. A long yeah. time ago, when yeah. he uh, and he had to have been like maybe fourteen or fifteen. No, he was older maybe. than that. You think so? Like seventeen, eighteen, probably not. Maybe I'd say seventeen to like twenty-one. And he and you really didn't see him. <clears throat> so that was the other part. So like, if you were really paying attention in the beginning, you don't remember what he looked like, and then you only see him at the end for that very little bit when he's walking. Into yeah, when you think sunset. about it, he doesn't really have screen time. His, no, he, it's his, his voice. Boy. His voice, and and that was the other part is that I was just thinking about is they did such a good job with like matching the voice because you watch some older movies mm-hmm. and they do a really shitty job of matching like animals to like their voice projections. Yeah, and they like were spot on about it. Like they even like the cat. Like I remember the cat like clawing at Max because mm-hmm. he's yelling at him and it's they made like, it match very well. It's like early nineties practical effects. I yeah, mean, there really weren't that much of the way of like. CGI then so they still had to rely on a lot of like practical stuff I mean a year away was uh, Jurassic Park and mm-hmm. even a, a good portion of that's practical effects too because mm-hmm. they built the T-Rex yeah I'm on a tangent I know. I know, but I and like to because I think sometimes people like especially with your show that you're doing right now with like sex and violence 
Like, it really does follow a lot of it. I think even, like, making it become parallel with what you guys talk about normally. Yeah. Which is kind of crazy. So we're talking about a children's movie, but again, you have a very sexualized... We've, we've done a couple Sanderson. children's movies. But you have a very sexualized <laughs> Sanderson sister. Yeah. Um, you have a very adult scene where they think that they're meeting Satan. Um, so it's... Oh, yeah. Like, he's very, um... Take your clock bars and get out of here. Yes, his wife, like, gets all angry because he's, like, touching Sarah. Yeah. Um, which, if you're a child, you're not really fully comprehending what's going on. But as an adult, I was like, he's going to get laid. That's yeah. what he was trying for. Trying like, to get it in. He's trying to get it in. Um, Sarah was trying to get that D. And, uh, and then, again, like, her, just, like, her demeanor, like, she's, like, spinning these boys around that she caught. Oh, yeah. And she's, like, poking them and screaming, like, oh, boys. And she's, like, playing with her hair and, like, touching her chest a lot in a lot of the movie that is, like, pulling out of her shirt. You know those guys always reminded me of was the two dudes who fuck with the Power Rangers? Yes! Oh my god, yes! So it was like a really like big 90s trope of like, oh, two kind of like asshole scuzzbags who like fuck with the hero. Yeah, that like aren't necessarily the brightest. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, oh, my belly hurts. He's like, because you ate all the candy. Yeah. Like, it's just very... Um, and then violence-wise, I mean, you have three women that are sucking the souls out of kids. And mm -hmm. at one point, they are burned alive in the high school kiln. Oh, um, yeah. Which, why does a high school have a kiln? High schools used to have kilns. Really? Yeah. For what purpose? Clay for art class. I guess. But that seems dangerous. Like, if they were able to trap, like, women in there and turn it on, like... I, I hope that there's an art major out there. Please write in and tell my husband about kilns in clay class. I, or I, art class. That seems like, I get, like, having, like, a smaller one to, like, do your... But no. one that, like, three grown women can fit into. Like, that seems rather dangerous, especially... Well, now they Like, there's kids that eat fucking it. Tide Pods. You don't think one of them would be like, oh, it'd be funny if we light them on fire. Well, now, yes. Absolutely. Like, but when I was in high school, I probably totally would have toasted one of my friends in one of those. That's homicidal. Not like, yeah. you know, not like, oh, we're going to turn it full blast and cook him. Like, yo, just catch his shirt on fire a little bit. It'd be funny. And that's how you had no friends. Yeah. And so you were naughty. Because I wanted to light my friend's shirts on fire. Yeah. yeah. I'm worried about you. Yeah, you I'm excited be. for kids. Yeah. Um, but yeah, or, and so that was very violent. Like, um, and I'm trying to think, like, I think that's really it, though, for violence. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not like, oh, when <laughs> Billy, like, takes the blade and, and cuts his mouth open cut, again because his like mouth is sewn shut um because they didn't want him to talk and i think they took something from him um i think she says like i took thy tongue or something from him so but then he ends up talking anyway yeah. so she like takes a blade um because max is like holding a knife to him so he like takes it out of his hand and he cuts his his stitches open on his mouth, which I think is supposed to be like a gore effect. And if you're a little kid, you're like, holy shit. Like he just, yeah, cut just his stitches and he out. like spits out dust. Yeah. But I mean, as like watching that, that's still very violent. Like if you think about suppose, it, yeah. I mean, it's not like Freddy Krueger style, but if you're seven, you're a young girl, you're like, Oh my God, this guy just cut his mouth open. Yeah. This is kind of weird. Ugh. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I think we got our discussion done. So I'll, Sorry. No, that's fine. It's a tangent-heavy show. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Oh. Uh, so I will administer a test to you. Okay. All right. This is called the bar test. Okay. okay. So <clears throat> imagine it's a nice, chilly October day, much like today was. Mm -hmm. Say you're out running errands. You decide, you know what? I'm going to stop here. Have a, have a quick drink at this bar. You walk into this bar, and you see that Hocus Pocus is on TV. How do yeah. you feel about it being on at this bar? Are you sticking around? And what are you drinking? Oh, absolutely. I'm sticking around. We have a very, we have a favorite bar in town. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like if this was on TV there, like I would go in. Um, I would love if they had like the fireplace lit. Yeah. And then I would probably drink like a stout beer, like a Guinness or like a chocolate coffee stout. and just or like, like a pumpkin sip. beer. Or like a pumpkin beer. Yeah. Because when you see this movie, I feel like you, because I know what this movie is, I'm like, oh, it's fall. Mm -hmm. Like, if this movie's on, it's fall time. I'm ready for it. Like, I want to kind of just be cozy. Um, one of my favorite things to do to, like, watch this is, like, get in, like, fuzzy socks and my, 
like pajama bottoms and put a blanket around me and like drink a beer, a glass of like red like cab. Yeah. And kind of just sit and watch it because it just means that it's fall time and it's fall and then right around the corner is sitting at the window watching snow. Yeah, and watching the night before Christmas. <laughs> yeah, that one's not far behind you. <laughs> well, and there it is. That's and that's like the same thing as yeah. I think when you have something like that, like that, or like Nightmare Before Christmas, and those are ninety baby Halloween movies. Yeah. Um, and Nightmare Before Christmas. I mean, I, I saw more Jack Skellingtons and Sallys this year than I think I ever have. Um, like everybody's doing that for Halloween this year, and that's a very prominent costume. And like they just made a Jack Skellington world in Disney World. Oh, that's awesome. So like you. I, I mean, you can't get away from like it's yeah. coming back with Avengers. I wish they would have done that live action version of it. That would have been uh, so cool. Well, they did. <clears throat> so they had a live action yeah, version on, on of it. stage. They did. I know. Yeah, but they oh. talk about making the movie. That's where that weird oh. soundtrack you have came oh, from. Oh yes, right? I have the CD where they have like contemporary artists now make like Marilyn Manson sings. Uh, I think he's a contemporary artist. Kind of. Other people think that, but like. Or like a modern artist, I guess you sure. could say. Whatever you want to call him. Um, and he sings This is Halloween, and I freaking love it. Like, if you haven't checked it out, please check it out. Like, it's very dark, and his cha- he changes his voice to yeah, like, match the Yeah, there's various artists on this uh, uh, re-recording of the soundtrack. Yeah, it's, it's very pretty good. good. It is it's, really it's good. A, it's a lot, it's, for lack of a better term, heavier. Yeah. I'd say like, kind of like, More like grunge, grunge metal kind of mm-hmm. thing. Uh bands doing all the songs but it's still pretty pretty solid yeah they did like a i think they did a great job they would have the live action would have had a huge following yeah but the reality of it is is how would you do that yeah um like to create this mythical world they did jungle book i mean but that's a cartoon yeah this was just like claymation but you have to with the way that it was yeah, John. how would you even represent, like, Oogie Boogie? Exactly. How would you represent Oogie Boogie? How would you represent Jack Skeleton? Yeah. Like, he is a skeleton that walks around and It's like, oh, we found a, 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 a anorexic albino to play the part. Excellent. Well, I'm I mean, not sure would... there's really too many of those running around that are acting. But, but even, like, that could be done with makeup. But even, like, the world that they're in. the yeah, Halloween town. Yes, like, creating these. And I'm sure they could do it, but, like... Creating these giant tombstones. Yeah. Do they, that... do they call their place Halloween Town? Yeah. Yeah. I I think so. I think Christmas it's, Town. Yeah, you have Christmas Town. You have Easter. Yeah, he could have done numerous sequels like The Nightmare Before Easter, and then he could have uh, like gotten the Easter. But he could have made this a whole series. He could have dropped the ball. I know. Fucking Tim Burton. What the See, shit? See, this is another example of what I was telling you the other day about like Tim Burton and his Christmas fetish. I love Tim Burton. <clears throat> It was like Batman Returns, how or like Christmas, uh-huh. and then this Christmas. We're then... getting off the of hocus pocus. No, yeah, yeah. So. Sorry. Uh, that's all right. Can so... we do Nightmare Before Christmas the next time we come on? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, we can do that. One. In December. Yeah. I like it. We You're gonna hear all this spiel again. Yeah, it's all gonna get rehashed. Huh. Um, then the second test I'll do is called the Katie Contest. This is this named after a friend of the show, Katie Kometz, who. Uh-huh. She's a, a younger girl who um, is, like, just starting out as, like, a, a filmmaker, cinephile, trying to, like, check a bunch of cool shit off her list for, like, movies to watch. Mm-hmm. So the, the test is, do you recommend this to, like, a burgeoning cinephile young filmmaker? I say yes, absolutely. And I think pairing it with what we were just talking about, Nightmare Before Christmas, showing someone how you can do a family-friendly, Halloween-oriented film without, go- like, getting into, like, you know gory bullshit this is a movie that like young and old alike can sit and watch and find something to like about it so absolutely recommend this for anyone who hasn't seen it young cinephiles i well i say no you say no i say no so i disagree with you why is that i think that if you're coming like if you're using it just for what it is as like a research purpose to see what you can do with it then absolutely if you're taking it and you're not making it an organic idea for something that you're going to to create, I say no, because I think it would this, be used as like research fuel. Yeah, this wouldn't resonate well now. Like this wouldn't do well in like if Hocus Pocus came out today, 
that it would not have the same effect that I think it had back then because kids now are like they I, it doesn't have the same they would have to up the ante mm-hmm. they would have to do so much more they'd have to have a lot more CGI they'd have to have a lot more bang out of it like like things blowing up like to create attention I don't think it would have the same so if you're using it for like a research to see how you can make something that is still like appeasing to the eye, family friendly, but also very Halloweeny. I think that it's a it's a good thing to do. But if you were trying to use it as in like an idea mm-hmm. for what you were supposed to do, absolutely not. It's just like Nightmare Before Christmas. You would never, you could never recreate that today. It would never become what it was f- from now, from from back then. Like, yeah, so it's a product of its time. It is very <laughs> much so. Like the Corpse Bride, he came out with that what like. I don't know. Oh, nine, maybe? So it was, that was way past the Nightmare Before Christmas. And um, it did not do nearly as well as the Nightmare Before Christmas. Some people fetishize Burton movies. Yeah. And he he certainly has his own distinct visual style. Mm -hmm. So. Even like Sweeney Todd. He did a lot with that movie, but, and he tried to make it very modernized with the things that he was doing and using people and actors that, well, that he knew personally, but mm-hmm. also that brought about the story. And I think there are like Sweeney Todd people out there that are just obsessed with that movie. But again, you put Sweeney Todd next to Nightmare Before Christmas, a lot of people are still going back to Nightmare Before Christmas. And that's one of those things where you can always have those movies, but it's it's no longer an organic idea. Yeah. You can't take anything from it because it just, it doesn't hold up. It doesn't stand up in today's time. It holds its own. Mm-hmm. Like if it went into a fight, it would hold its own. Yeah. But like that and Hocus Pocus, you can never <laughs> be like, we're going to make a a movie about three sisters who are trying to steal the souls out of little kids. There's no explosions. Um, there's just singing. And so you're not hoping for a Hocus Pocus sequel. I would be furious. <laughs> really? Yes. I would actually be furious. There's no reason why a second one should come out ever. And I'm probably going to get like hate mail for that. I no, that's fine. I, I take these stances all the time. where like with um, like Anchorman 2. Yeah. Super Troopers 2. No. Like you got to strike while the iron's hot. Having a sequel come out like 15 years later, it just doesn't resonate It's like well. Incredibles. When we went to <laughs> oh, go yeah. see Incredibles. I love the Incredibles. That is one of my one of my other like favorites from back then when Pixar was just coming out, like when you had like all those things starting to like come out and you were learning all all these new tricks with the computer. And then they brought out the second one and we went to go see it together. And I was like, that was horse shit. Yeah. Like it just didn't even, it it just doesn't hold. And maybe it's because we're older and and it just didn't have the same like appeal to it, but you need to, you need to, you want to bring something out like, if Hocus Pocus was to say, like, they came out with a sequel next year, and they were like, the Sanderson, like, I can see it in my brain, and then Sanderson like, the sisters are back. They're back! Like, <laughs> the, what virgin lit the candle? And it would be, like, that guy. That, Michael like, Sarah. Yeah, who, like, screams that, and it would, like, these big white letters, like, who's the virgin now? Bitch. Or something, like... And, and kids, like, I feel like, even if I did go and see Somebody it, would like, have a gun. stupid. In this one. Yeah, someone would have... Yeah, it wouldn't even be he lit it with a match. It would be like he The Sanderson like, sisters like, are back, and they're packing heat. <laughs> yeah. It's like fucking Bette Midler with an M16. Just yeah. Like, just gray hair and just lighting yeah, shit lady, up. Lady Greybush and her fucking assault rifle. Don't say that. That's not nice. No, it's not. But, um... Just like ha- like he would have to do so much more. Like there would be the house, like in the the first movie, like their attic where Max lives, kind of explodes a little bit when they're leaving. When they steal, Danny. wouldn't it be great if Max was still a virgin and he's like living in his parents' basement and he's like forty two and he's like, let's bring him back. Yeah, he's just like, I haven't gotten laid yet. I'm almost fifty. <laughs> Fuck it, I'll just like this scene. I'm lighting the candle because I have unfinished business. I, I think we should write this, like, have Max be just, like, a, you know, desperate middle-aged, like, drug addict, still a virgin, and wants some excitement in his life, so he I just I mean, he made out with What's-Her-Face in the movie. Yeah, but... I don't think he's a virgin anymore. Uh, I, I, in my, in my universe, he is. In your universe? Yeah. I mean, good, I mean, kudos to him if, if he did. If not, he's bringing the Sandersons back, apparently, yeah. in Ryan's version of this. Uh, and Danny's just, like, a mom... 
who like yeah she's like the, the younger sister hats. who's like way more successful like runs her own like i don't know clothing store yeah, see, they always run clothing every stores. woman in like a that's like successful in movies is either like a journalist or like a fashion designer yeah Make that's it, all they know what to do with us have her be movie. have her be a politician like a successful I senator I don't like, then you get like movies <laughs> like the purge that's fine no okay all right, I think that pretty much wraps up the discussion on <laughs> oh, Hocus no, Pocus. Like uh, we're ending with Max being a heroin addict. So <laughs> yeah, we're, Brian uh, and I can't be on this together. Yeah, it's not. We need someone to control us. So we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back for a quick little game, and then a quick little bit of discussion. Hey, everybody. My name is Daniel, and I want to tell you about another Top Gallant radio show. Do you like movies? Good. I like movies, too. But the show isn't about movies. Do you like books? Good, because in Slow Readers, we discuss books. Gabe, do you like reading? Hate it. I've always hated it. Every episode covers a different book, such as Animal Farm. Um, I was also making ties with another empire. Uh-oh. Um, the Sith. Because, yep. Uh, basically, uh, the Emperor Palpatine was Napoleon. <laughs> Blackwater. Oh my god, this, this book is so... Painful. Yeah, I had to put it down repeatedly just to catch my breath. Yeah, yeah, no, I know, what, I know what that's like. And truly, our... you were in a car that landed in black water. Yeah, I dude, I know, I fucking killed him. You fought. Like, uh... <laughs> you... Oh, okay, never mind. Um, Wrong side. Do you not like reading books? Well, that's also okay because you get to hang out with two pretty cool dudes. Join me, your host Daniel. She's like a pretty intelligent kid. Cause like her reaction to that is like, you never read the giver? You work in a bookstore. And and I and I was like really close to just snapping her just going like, listen girl, I read a lot of other books, okay? <laughs> and my co-host Gabriel Mara, who co-hosts Sex and Violence. You love that guy, right? On air challenge, slow readers exclusive. Slow readers exclusive. Can Gabe fit Gone Girl up his ass? <laughs> then you get hours and hours and hours of access to us rambling about various topics, such as politics. Gabe, what do you think about Donald Trump launching missiles? Let's hear it. No, but our one <laughs> run-in with the police. I took a breath to start. I'm like, no. <laughs> no, no, not going nope. that way. We're not a political podcast. Nope. Uh, we're just, we're just milk-chugging right-wingers, though. <laughs> milk-chugging. And books. Into the water. Pledged. Barrel to arms. The magicians. Wise blood. Ethan from. An object of beauty. So go ahead, continue enjoying sex and violence the hot-ass Top Gallant radio show about movies and punk rock stuff. And then when you're done with that, go ahead and button your dress shirt up to the neck, to the throat area, and then go ahead and give Slow Readers a spin. Go search iTunes and search up the name Slow Readers. Check us out. Slow Readers comes out every Monday. You can also check us out on Twitter at Top Gallant Radio. Welcome back. It was a good break. Yeah. Yeah. Had a really good time. Mm -hmm. So, I'm going to play this little game that we've been playing. Okay. Gabriel, uh, when you and I went to Q-Mart, mm -hmm. we stopped at that movie store and I bought a whole stack of DVDs and one of the ones I bought was Mask. So, I was showing it to Gabriel and oh, I was the like, hero, not yep, hero. I said to him, I was like, this, this is a good movie, but it's bullshit. Rocky well, Dennis is not a hero. He did nothing heroic in that movie. So, Gabriel thinks that I have a odd code yeah. With how I define people as heroes. Yeah. So instead of you asking me, I am going to turn the tables and see where your Ugh. code of ethics is <clears throat> and let you this play is my life. our new favorite game, Hero Not a Hero. Okay, so the first subject for you uh -huh. is a child with a life affecting disease. Oh my god. This is a 90s movie. Uh-huh. It's Robin Williams as oh. the character Jack. Oh my god, I Jack. love that movie. Is Jack, played by Robin Williams, a hero or not a hero? You're not going to like what I have to say. Go, go ahead. I, I'm not allowed to like vilify uh. your responses. So I, first of all, love that movie. Um, So I... In a way, think that he is a hero. You gotta defend yourself. Because what? You have to defend your okay. opinion. Okay, so I and I know you're gonna say he's not because I know you're gonna say he has like he didn't put himself into the situation he's in. He was born that way because I know you and I know that's what you're gonna say. Close. But I think he's a hero because I look at the like his effect on those around him. 
because I think a lot of our actions have equal or opposite reactions. So when when remember he's, Bill Cosby's in that movie. That, okay, I know he plays like the therapist. So when when he at the very end, because like the the scene that I kind of think of where I'm kind of like, okay, like that's where he's a hero is the end when they're at graduation and he's, and he's all gray man. Yeah, and he's really old and he's like walking up and the young man who he became friends with, like he taught them in his own way to be accepting of others that may not be the same as them. So, like, he gave them the basics and the foundation to know that there's more out there in the world than than what we initially see. Um, and that you can take something that is maybe so much unlike you and turn it into something, like, very beautiful. Like, their friendship in that is a very beautiful thing. And when he gets up and he's, like, the valid Victorian... And they're talking about how he gave him, like, he's, like, stating how he, like, gave him the strength to kind of, like, talk through things and, like, mm-hmm. to be his friend and, and how important he was to him. That is a huge moment in that movie where, let's say Jack never was introduced to those kids. That kid could have grown up to be anybody. Maybe he wouldn't have been the valid Victorian anymore because he didn't have this friend who was very supportive of him who taught him how to be a better person um, and how to be accepting of people that are different than us. Because um, I think that that's not really done a lot in today's society. Mm-hmm. Um, in that particular movie, I was actually just thinking about that movie yesterday because there was a commercial on where um, this these boys are playing basketball outside. And they notice that a kid is moving in next door to them and he's in a wheelchair. So one day, um, they he leaves the little boy leaves the basketball on the kid's porch and the kid comes out and he wheels himself down in his wheelchair with the basketball and he notices that all the boys are now playing in things that have wheels on them so they're all sitting so one's playing in like a rolly chair and one's sitting on like something else that they put wheels on and they're kind of playing like wheelie basketball it's the same concept like you're taking someone who doesn't have control over their own body or their own mind and like that movie is teaching kids that it's okay that we still need to be accepting of those things and that person still deserves to have friends okay so that's why i see him i was like all right so we are labeling robin williams as jack a hero yes do we own that movie can we watch that we do not own that god damn it ryan i'll get on it fuck all right another feature from the 90s okay this character is something of a modern day swashbuckler so to speak pirate type oh i like pirates uh it's something of a con man. Are you talking about Pirates of the Caribbean? No. Oh. Something of a con man, but a good heart. His yeah. heart's in the right place. Mm-hmm. Kurt Russell as Captain Ron. Not a hero. What? How is he not a hero? <laughs> I mean, I guess in like some aspects. He saves like, that family. I know. He makes them realize. But he is the root to a lot of their issues. So that's why I don't think he's a hero. He don't you remember he saves them from gorillas? I don't. He put them there. Uh uh-uh, uh. He said don't go there. He said there's gorillas there. And then the uh, Martin Shrimp was like he said gorillas, not gorillas. I mean, I, I think that that movie has a lot of comedy around it, but realistically, that guy is a troublemaker and Every, maybe a borderline schizophrenic. I don't care what anyone says. Any role that Kurt Russell plays, I will label a hero. I know you're. That's because you like Kurt Russell. It's so because you're biased. I guess. Yeah, like you give me something else where, like, if you put like John, like if you would have told me like Pirates of the Caribbean, clearly not a hero. He's a pirate. He's making poor choices. Ron is like he's a hero. No, he's not. Jack Sparrow. No. Yes. He creates the the chaos that he lives in. Yeah, and then he takes a bullet for Elizabeth Swann. Because he wants to get in her pants. That doesn't make you a hero. He's, He's still here. No, hero. I, I I label being a hero. I'm so upset that you're not labeling Captain Ron a hero. I'm Captain not. Ron is a he, more he's, of a hero than Jack. No, he's not. Jack doesn't try to be anything that he's not. Where Captain Ron has this very fictionalized ideal of what a captain should be, and and he puts these people into like these very sticky and horrific situations. He mends their broken wrong. relationships with that family. Yeah, out of like rum and borderline sexual harassment of his wife. Like, there is some crazy shit that goes on in that movie that 
He's not a hero. I'm, I'm, we're, I'm gonna buy that too. We're and watching I'm gonna, that. Yeah, I'm gonna make sure that I convince you. Oh my god, it's because I love what's his face. What's the dad character? Martin Short. Yes, when he plays in that other movie. What other movie? Oh my god, we need to find it. Martin Short movie? Yes. Are you talking about the the '90s when he's a wizard? No. <laughs> Did no, no, I'm talking about it's in the 90s where he plays a little boy. I, I swear his name is Dennis. I want to hmm. say, I want to look it up. Okay, okay. Well, look it up later because we have one more figure to get to for you. Okay. <clears throat> this is a movie that we've watched fairly recently. Mm-hmm. You have a female character who is going through some relationship troubles so to speak. And then as she's going through this, uh-huh. the goddamn apocalypse starts. Cherry Darling from Planet Terror. Oh, that's the one we watched last night? Yes. Is she a hero? Is that I'm asking, asking you, is Cherry Darling a hero? Um, I don't know. I don't really know that movie well enough. I think she kind of, because she goes to get her kid. No, that that's not Sherry. Sherry's oh. the one with the one leg. Oh, oh, that one. Um, you really weren't paying attention. The girl that's she's like a stripper in the yeah. beginning. She's a go-go dancer. Okay, so stripper, classy stripper, eccentric stripping. Um, I would say hero mm-hmm. because I think she's taking something that happened to her and turning it into a positive. Where she gets a machine gun, right? Like yeah. attached to her leg and she like starts shooting zombies. But she uses her go-go dancer moves to, to do pull, that. The, pull them off. Oh. I fell asleep. I don't really like that movie. <laughs> that movie's amazing. I know. I don't really like Grindhouse that much. <gasps> I'm not. I know. I'm sorry. Oh, that's I just a, had a heart attack. I might actually have to rescind what I said earlier because Kurt Russell is the villain of uh, Oh, yeah. Death of that. <laughs> of Death Proof. Um, no, he's still hero. No, stupid people. still not a hero. Um, no, I, I mean, those movies, that's like a hard line for me, the Grindhouse ones, because I just don't do well with certain movies, and that's oh, I have a giant erection every time I watch that movie, but the oh, 1970s okay. freaking drive-in culture, and it's just, oh, it's so and I think that's aesthetically why I pleasing to me. Get into it. Because there's too much so Because much I talk stick. the whole time through like, oh you see that guy? Yeah. That guy's Tom Savini. He's a world renowned makeup artist. Yeah. So great that he's oh Michael Parks? Like, you don't even know who Michael Parks is. Nope, didn't even know. Yeah. Or like machete when they're like Machete. Like, whatever. I definitely can't like I just can't get into it. Like you want me to watch like from Death Till Dawn with you, hundred percent. I will watch that. It's the same director. Five times. It's very It's like the same duo. Though. It's so it's it's still kind of different, like the way it's filmed and the way that it breaks apart and the storylines are very different. Like the part that I saw last night with um, her and like the doctor and how he gets infected. Oh, Josh Brolin, so yeah. Stupid. It's a who's who of actors in those all those I movies. Know. I don't like it. If you watch the the one trailer in the middle, um, I think it's. If I'm not mistaken, it's Werewolf Woman of the SS. Uh, Nicolas Cage has a cameo in the trailer as uh, Fu Manchu. They made two of those trailers in the movies, uh, Machete, and um, there's one that was uh, submitted as a uh, like a competition that they held like across mm-hmm. like the U.S. and it was a Canadian uh, submission, uh, Hobo with a Shotgun. Oh yeah, I've seen. And <laughs> Didn't that one turned into an actual. That, movie? That, yeah, that one turned into an actual movie too yeah. with uh, Rutger Hauer. Yeah. You know who Rutger Hauer is? Yeah, isn't he the one that's on in Streets of Fire? No. Oh. No, he's he's the bad guy from Blade Runner. Yeah, that I would never have guessed. That's right. Streets of I thought it was Streets of Fire. No, Streets of Fire is Willem Dafoe. No, Dude. not the bad guy, the good guy. Michael Perry. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought he was. Yeah, close. Yeah, he kind of looks like him a little bit. No. Oh. No. I think I'm thinking of the wrong. I think you are too. Oh, but I did find that movie. Which, Martin what's Short. it called? It's Clifford. Clifford. <laughs> we need to watch it. It is the greatest movie. I feel like I'm 
Read the description. Oh my god, it's so phenomenal. And it but it's people hated it. So I on Rotten Tomatoes I'm, it got nine percent. Oh, that's our kind of movie. I know, I love it. I actually, when his brother asks him to look after his young son, Clifford, who's played by Martin Short, who's a grown ass man hmm. in this movie. Martin Daniels, Charles Grodin. Yeah, Charles Grodin. He's the yeah. dad from Beethoven. Yes. Agrees taking the boy like into I his home and introducing him to his future wife, Sarah, Mary Steenbergen. Mary Steenberg. Um, Clifford is fixated on the idea of visiting a famed theme park, and Martin, an engineer who helped build the park, makes plans to take him. But when Clifford reveals himself to be the first-rate brat, his uncle goes bonkers, and a loony intergenerational standoff ensues. I freaking loved it. He has this little dinosaur that's a brontosaurus and he carries around with him and he's like, he talks to it. It's, I actually think it's great. Okay. 9% though around tomatoes. You brought up another movie to me that we, I think are going to be doing for the show sometime soon. That also got a very, very, very low low score. Uh, Cool World. You made me watch it with you. Oh, with um, Brad Brad Pitt. Pitt. Yeah. Yeah. I love that movie too. See, I was very, my dad you probably shouldn't have like let me watch those things, but my dad was really um because when like nights that my mom would really work late, we would watch movies like really messed up movies. Yeah, and like Cool World was one. Of I them. think your father has great taste in film because he's a big uh, he's a big seventies yeah guy too. And he, he loved, made you watch heavy metal. When yeah, you were I a watched kid. I watched heavy metal as like a child, which you probably I probably shouldn't have. Like, there's cartoons literally having sex in that yeah. movie. But, um, it, like, and it wasn't, like, in a weird way, like, he made me watch it. It was just, or he would say, like, close your eyes, and I would close my eyes yeah. on those parts. But, um, it, it definitely opened my eyes to the Some world. really bonkers fucking yeah. movies. So, like, I love Super Beast, though. I think that that is such a fun and quirky movie. I love Cool World, where you have Brad Pitt, who's in love with a car. She's a cartoon character. Yeah, it's filthy Roger Rabbit. Yes. That's the way we described it. Yes. Or, or I described it to Gabriel. Yeah, that's exactly how it is. Um, Roger Rabbit. I even really enjoy Roger Rabbit. Um, I, I enjoy Heavy Metal. I think that Heavy Metal is I mean, really... great. It's a it's a cult classic. Yeah, like, that's a great movie, this, like... Like beautiful blonde warrior riding in on a freaking pterodactyl. Have you like, ever seen the South Park episode where it, it uh, like kind of does a whole um, like making fun of it thing? No. It's like uh, all the kids in town are getting hooked on uh, cats pissing in their faces and it sends them into like a heavy metal world. So uh, the one character, Kenny, is like trying to fight because the, the, the big guy in this heavy metal world is like, you will not see my daughter's awesome boobage. Yeah. So he's trying to constantly see this chick topless. Yeah. It's pretty funny. Because I, like, I, I mean, I don't understand what those movies were necessarily used for. I'm sure people use them as, like, pornographic material at times. Ooh, it was but, a magazine first. Oh, really? I didn't know that. But um, it definitely, it opened my eyes to a lot of new types of movies. So I'm very, I think, eclectic when it comes to movies. You are. You you have a a harder to nail down, like, taste profile. Like, I love movies that are weird. And I also love, like, classics as well. Yeah. There's one movie that I want to get to show you. But, again, this is one of those ones where I don't know if you would love it or hate it. So Do you have it watch it? No, it's that that movie Mandy. Oh yeah, see, I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, it's it's bizarre. I uh, love it though. But it has to be like I think when I talk about bizarre movies, it has to be like a quirky bizarre. Yeah. Like, I don't necessarily enjoy like like Kill Bill. I think Kill Bill is a very bizarre. I know that's one of your ultimate favorites, and it's a bizarre movie. How many times do you think in our course of our relationship, if you come into a room? I'm watching Kill Bill and I'm teared up. Like a hundred. I'm like, always coming. It's like, why are you fucking crying? She's just getting a sword. Like, I don't I, even know. I don't know. Exactly. I just every time. But um, like that, I think is a bizarre movie. But you bring like a quirky movie, like quirky bizarre, like something like Clifford, where it did very bad rating yeah. stuff. I think those are hilarious movies. Or um, like Henry and the Hendersons. Harry and the Hendersons? Yes. Uh, that's quirky. That's quirky and bizarre. Um, or National Lampoon. Like, they're earlier things. Like, those are quirky yeah, early and nurse. bizarre. So, I, I think that you, you can get some, like, really interesting things out of it. Or 
um, the trick or treat. Tr- oh, trick or treat. Short stories like yeah, trick or what's treat. his face, Sam. Oh yeah. I love Sam. Like, he's like the little pumpkin head kid. Like, he's just so I would, cute. See, that's another one that I was really surprised that you liked Trick or Treat that much. I, was I like, love it. Oh, this is, okay, cool. I looked up, like, little Sam dolls because I wanted to buy one on Amazon. Um, but I just... Yeah, I like, leave it to you to, like, think the murderous midget is adorable. He's so cute. If you guys haven't seen that, look at those pictures. Like, if that, if I ever, like, did a Halloween half sleeve or something, I would totally have Sam. Oh I think God. that he's, like, the cutest little murderous sociopath there is. But I, I think that, like, you have quirky movies and I'm, I'm good with it. But when you start to get into, like, serious quirky and you try too hard or, like, something like Mandy where... The way, like, I watched a trailer of it, and while it's bizarre, it also has, like, very serious notes to it that maybe aren't as easily distinguishable to the naked eye. I think if you can, I, lo- I think I if you lost. would sit down and give it a chance, you might like it. It's a little slower paced, mm-hmm. but it's, like, typical over-the-top Nicolas Cage shit, right. and it's pretty fun. Yeah. Gabriel and uh, Steve and Ryan had some big issues with it, but I just yeah. thought it was a dumb fun movie. I mean, I'll watch it with you. I always will try a movie with you. You know that. Yeah. Just, it's a matter of I mean, I'm not always... You tapped out ten minutes in The Phantom of Paradise though, and you missed no, out. You missed out on a great movie. See, I can't do it. I feel like they're trying to copy Rocky Horror. It, it was before Rocky I'm, Horror. Or Rocky Horror was trying. Like, but because you I saw Rocky Horror. You look at them as sister pieces. Yeah, because I saw Rocky Horror first. Like, that's the first one to me. Like, that's it. And, and now watching that. You I'm need like, to watch no. it because, like, uh, Scott Pilgrim took a lot from that movie. Yeah. And I like, see, there's another bizarre quirky. Like, yeah. that's another prime example of I like bizarre, but it has to have, like, that quirky. And, like, Rocky Horror is the same way. Rocky Horror is very bizarre and very quirky. And, like, you have transvestites from transsexual transylvania. Like, that's hilarious to me yeah. that, like... We this... watched that movie so much, our Blu-ray copy is now yeah. fucked up. Like, just to have all those words, like, put together. Like, I mean, not that I think what he's doing was funny. I think what he was doing in that movie was, like, astounding, amazing. Incredibly progressive for his And time. very progressive. And it's such a movie where when I talk to people about it, they're like, ew, why would you want that? Because it's amazing. Like, yeah. it opens so many doors for people and acceptance of, like, your body and being okay with being, a, like, a 30-year-old man with chest hair that wants to wear a corset. Like, you do you, girl. Like, go for it. But, See, I view opening doors as a different angle because it's like arguably like the first midnight movie, mm-hmm. and it I think if, in the same way you're saying like I think it made like normal not normal but like straight cisgendered uh-huh. like people be like actually I really don't care about like that at all right. I think I'll I, I enjoy the movie and if someone who's a you know I, I guess you can't say transsexual anymore today but. It, you, I could sit next to someone of the LGBTQ plus whatever other things are in their community and sit and enjoy this movie because, like, I, I don't know. Like, it just shows that, like, for me, it just shows that, like, people of all cultures, creeds, colors can sit down together and, like, watch a movie and just be accepting of the content. Right. And and that's what was so important about it is that I think it, it, you're right. It really did open a lot of... Things and maybe people will disagree with us and be like, well, those doors have always been open. They just weren't um, broadcasted the way that that movie came out. People weren't comfortable walking through the door. Right. And and look at what that did, though. Like, it, it, people used to go to the movie theater that was within Lehigh Valley, and there used to be a movie theater there, and they would do midnight showings of it, and, and grown men would dress up in corsets and heels. They still and do it, like, clothes. once a month at Steel Stacks. And, and it's an amazing thing. Like, that is an amazing, amazing thing mm-hmm. to be able to do that and not have someone stare at you or not have someone make fun of you. And I'm sure those things still happen, but when you're going there and you're experiencing that movie and it is yours and you get to have that, that is an amazing thing. That's an amazing experience that a cinematic thing brought about the realization that it is okay to be whatever you want to be. And if you want to be a transvestite transsexual from Transylvania and be an alien and and create this, um, what is his name? Rocky. Yeah, Rocky. And as like your love slave. And build a man with yeah. blonde hair. And a tan. a tan. Like you can do that. And 
like the that's the whole purpose I think of tonight's show wasn't necessarily hocus pocus was that these movies that brought about even the spirit of Halloween yeah and you could say really it, it's all about what you want to make it it doesn't need to be gore and werewolves and Halloween and Freddy Krueger it could be something very different and yeah. still be amazing and have that genuine feel to it. It just, it reminds me of, uh, they used to have an ad in front of, uh, like before the movie started and it was like, I think it was maybe like two or three years ago it was playing and it was like, when the lights go down, we're all the same. And yeah. that's kind of the way that I, I kind of approach like movies and movie watching and like the culture of being a cinephile in general, which is be accepting of everything, be accepting of all like the content you're going to see and mm-hmm. like, yeah. Yeah. We're all the same. We can, always, all, we can all sit back and watch a movie together. Right. And people are always going to disagree and say, like, what the hell are we watching? Yeah. Um, and, those, and that's okay, those, too. That's the reason we started this show was for the, that whole, like, discussion and arguments and right. everything. So, I mean, yeah. The focus of tonight, not Hocus Pocus. It's enjoying Halloween. Yeah. In your own way. having Halloween be what you want it to be. We always I say on the show, the most punk rock thing is liking what you like. Absolutely. And maybe you guys hate all the movies we talked about, but then if you guys have contact with Ryan, you should tell him what movies you like for Halloween. Yeah. Hit us up at Sex and Violence Pod on Instagram. Yeah. I think that pretty much concludes the whole discussion. Uh, kids can find me on Instagram at Tango Like Cash for pictures of my cat, cocktails, other random goofabouts. You can also catch me at the bookstore Speakeasy, Tenant Bar on the weekends, 336 Adam Street, South Bethel, PA, Sling and Gin in Dorsonson. Come on in. Have a drink with me. Yeah, it's a fun time. Do it. Yeah. I'll talk movies and I'll I'll serve you a delicious drink. Yeah. So get get the um ask him to make the Scarlet Harlot. Oh my god, I made that in years. I know, that's my drink. I'll have to pull that one out from way before, so. Um, we will be back on format next week. Gabriel will be back next week. He's on a whirlwind tour with uh, the lady, so he'll be back. And then Yeah, with La Professora. So Uh. Alright guys, thanks for listening. Bye. Till next week. This has been a Top Gout Radio production, executive produced by Daniel Gonzalez and Gabriel Mara. For more shows and information, go to topgoutradio.com. Radio.com.